Well, hello. Um, I hope everyone is having a horrible day. Usually people come on podcasts with like a positive motivation, but I found that the best way to motivate someone is to tell them the opposite of what you want to happen. And usually that sparks that uh, motivation. So for those um, who need that little bit of motivation, um, I hope that you have a horrible day. Um, Also, for those who look at my Instagram stories, which probably is not many of you, um, I put out my first mailbag asking the listeners what I should talk about. Most of you ignored the request, which is completely fine, but I'm going to go with the people who responded. So for the first person, QJ, um, I don't know his at off the top of my head, but if you know QJ, I'm sure you can find him somewhere on the internet. Um, You can also find him on a podcast called All Bark No Bite. Definitely a good listen if you want to check them out. Um, He asked me, what goes into the process of editing and filming a video? And I especially like this question because I stopped doing music videos. And yes, for those of you who want music videos and are in my DMs asking for them, never again, I shouldn't say never again, but most likely never again will I film a music video simply for the fact that time is money. And the time that goes into a music video is not the money that you get out of it. Um, People will say to you, like, how much do you charge for a music video? And if you tell them upwards of 200, they start to either not answer or they just say, oh, you know, I can do this, I can do that. But I believe in you pay for what you get, you know, or pay for what you receive, whatever the the quote is. Um, I think that someone who's serious about their music career, they want good visuals. So if someone's charging you $250 for a visual, they're obviously going to take the time to edit it and take their time on it. So I would just at least make sure you have that um, when you're asking someone for a music video, because when I explain this a little bit further and break down the video process for those who don't have any video experience, I hope that that um, opens your eyes to what really goes into one. And then you'll kind of like think before you ask and before you say you don't have money or before you leave them on red. Um, so for those of you who don't know, uh, those cool videos where they have like the glowing effects or they write something in the sky or, you know, they do those uh, crazy lines around people or, you know, like the water drip from their hands, like different stuff like that. Anything that is drawn on the screen to add an effect is done with keyframes. And you click uh, you click your keyboard once, and that's one keyframe. And then you draw a line. And then you click it again, and you draw a line, and so on and so forth. You're drawing a bunch of lines. And then once you draw all the lines, it'll be summed up into one clip. So for a 30-second clip, you have these lines and effects that often take hours. And when I mean hours, I'm serious. Um, in a 30-second clip, there's 720 frames on average. So imagine 720 keyboard clicks, lines drawn, just for a simple effect, which looks simple, but it's really not, that is not even going to be on the screen for a minute. It's going to be on the screen for 30 seconds. And 30 seconds in a clip just kind of goes by fast. And especially if you're just doing like a quick little, um, you know, one small part, 
it really like people notice it, but they don't really get to see it. You know, sometimes it goes by too fast and that kind of thing. So don't get me wrong. I'm sure that there are other ways to go about this process. And I'm sure there are people who have figured out other ways, but that's just the way that I know how to do it. And that's the way that most people I know also do it. So 720 frames, each keyframe, you have to draw a line in order to kind of get the effect you're going for. Um, which when I saw those effects, I was like, oh, I want to do them as soon as possible. So, you know, I started looking up videos. I, I really emerged myself into the world of video editing and I was excited. You know, I started buying all these packs to do these different effects at like the paper rip effect. And, you know, uh, I don't know if any of you are familiar with Lone Wolf. He's like famous for the paper rip effect, but what he does for the paper rip effect is he scans paper. Like he'll scan like a picture and then he goes in Photoshop or that kind of thing. And he just, he animates it himself. So he does it a different way, um, much longer, but he's getting paid a lot more money than we are. So um, if you go online, they have paper packs and you could buy them and um, they look cool in videos, but those are also done with keyframes, depending on what you want to do with them. So for me, I had a love for video editing and I still have a love for video editing. Um, I think that Video editing can really capture people's attention more than just, you know, like a regular photo or anything. But I don't have the love for music videos simply for the fact that the time that music videos take, you necessarily don't get paid for the time that you're working. And now when all of you guys clock into work, if your job shorts you an hour of pay, you're going to go to your manager the next day and be like, where the fuck's my payment? Um, so for me, if I'm getting shorted by saying, yeah, like I'll do it for 150 or something like that, but I'm putting in an hour to film and I'm putting in a whole, you know, day, two days to edit it. If you do the math, it's, it doesn't really add up for the amount of time that you put into it. Um, and you also have to think not only to do the cool effects does it take time, but when you first drag the clips into Premiere or whatever you edit in, um, you have to line up the clips with the artist and then the audio. So, like, you know, you want to make sure that the audio that is being played resembles the clips that are also being shown. So it becomes a process because if the artist, you know, somehow forgot the lyrics to his own song and mouthed the wrong lyrics, it makes it harder on you. And it truly becomes a royal pain in the ass. And frankly, it's not worth all the struggle because if you don't have a clip that says that, you know, a specific time or a specific word, you got to go in the files and you got to try to figure something out. Um, so that that's basically video editing summed up for me. I think that people who do video editing, um, if they say their like base price they start at, um, I would just respect it because there's so much that goes into video editing that most people don't even take into consideration. Um, on the photography side of things, um, in conversation, I had uh, two photography questions come up. One, um, the creative process and being in college and how does the creative process kind of get affected with college? And will I shoot film photography? 
And the answer to that is yes, I will shoot film photography. And yes, I have shot in film photography. I think personally that film photography allows you to open a new world of photography because you can take a film camera a million and one different places that you can't take a DSLR. You could probably get away with sneaking a film camera into certain places and taking these images um, at like concert venues or wherever. And truthfully, if you take it to a concert venue and you're going to be in the pit or whatever you're going to be in, it doesn't really matter if you break a $100 film camera or whatever, you know, like a point-and-shoot film camera because, you know, you were able to at least try to get that experience and try to get those photos. But if you go into a, a pit with a DSLR and you're breaking a $1,000 camera, that's really going to put um, a big damper on everything. So I do recommend film cameras. I think that shooting film makes you smarter with your photography, meaning you only have a certain amount of pictures that you could take with each roll of film. So it allows you to you know, be like, oh, I'm not going to take that image because I don't want to waste it, you know, and you start to think of positioning better and lighting better. And it, it really opens your eyes in the photography world that people who just shoot digital, like, you know, you could take the picture and then change the exposure and change how it looks. And film photography, it's one shot and then you go to the next and you usually don't want to shoot the same thing over and over again because then you're wasting a whole roll of film. So I definitely recommend film photography for those who have not. Um, and for those just starting photography, point and shoot film cameras may be your best option because you don't have to know that much about exposure and shutter speed and all that kind of stuff. You can just, it's in the title, you can point and shoot and take good pictures and stuff like that and eventually learn and then maybe invest in a DSLR. So for those just starting, I would recommend buying a film camera. It's cheaper and it's like a... It's a way that you can learn about lighting and stuff like that. Um, on the college aspect of things, I believe that college has its ups and downs with the creative process. Um, you can make excuses easier at college, like you have homework. Um, that's a big excuse that people make. Uh, you have an exam to study for. You want to go out with your friends tonight or you just got done doing all this homework and you're tired and you want to take a nap. Um, and honestly, I've never taken naps until I went to college. Um, but I feel like in college, taking naps is basically the norm. Uh, taking a nap at three in the afternoon and waking up at seven, you know, is usually how it goes because you're like, oh, I'll take a half hour nap and then you snooze your alarm. And next thing you know, it's seven o'clock at night, you haven't eaten and you're your day's basically gone. All you can do the rest of the day is either finish homework or watch TV. So I just think that when you make excuses for yourself at college, that hurts your creative process. Um, but if you find ways to beat that negativity and beat that um, excuse pattern, the creative process is the easiest thing to maintain at college because you're surrounded by peers, like kids your age and that kind of thing. And you can always find someone looking for photography or videography and that kind of thing. Um, recently, I started going through my school, and I'm now a freelance photographer for Albright College. And I think that that's like a better opportunity because I'm able to have consistent work because they always need photo work done at the college because they want stuff on their website and all that kind of thing. So 
I definitely think that the creative process, if you utilize college in the best way possible, that it allows you to just thrive in the creative process and make the most money. Um, I think that ways to beat that negativity that I spoke about earlier is, um, one, don't take naps or don't take naps as often. Obviously, there are times where you're super tired and you had a busy week and you know you want to take a nap, that's fine. Um, I just think that if you power through and instead of taking a nap at one o'clock in the afternoon with no class left in the day, that you go out and you you know shoot some photography or you do some video work for someone, you could be potentially making money and you can you know be creative. you know you can beat that tiredness by just going out and using your brain. Um, so I definitely think that there's ways to beat these negativity and like the whole, oh, I can't do this because I have this. Um, for me, I started doing my homework on like Monday or Tuesday, you know, like looking ahead in the syllabus and getting my projects done during the week. So the weekends I'm completely free to shoot. And I think that's like the best time to do photo shoots on the weekends because most of the time people are free because they had work all week or they're at school all week. So the weekends are a time to be free and no one goes out Saturday in the morning. So you can always do a Saturday morning shoot and still go out at night. It, it just all becomes picking a strategic schedule, you know, and it starts with picking your class schedule. Um, if you can space out your classes and um, get a better night's sleep and like not have class till 11 and then be done by two, you have the rest of the day to shoot or do whatever you want to do creatively. And you're not that tired because you slept in until 1030. Um, so it, it just becomes predicting or sorry, picking a strategic class schedule um, and allowing yourself to, you know, be able to finesse college. And um, instead of being in class, because I know, I know that all of you are not, you know, 100% paying attention in class. There's times where you go on Twitter, there's times where you go on Instagram, like, it's cool, like, I understand. But let's say you have a shoot at 10 in the morning and you don't have class till 1 or whatever it is, and you do your shoot and you're like, well, now I have all this homework, so when am I going to edit these? In class. You know, like, instead of going on YouTube or addicting games, you can edit your photos in class and kill two birds with one stone. You get that attendance point or that attendance grade that you were there. Um, and then you can be editing and also taking notes uh, between, you know, them changing slides and waiting for those slow kids who uh, take notes very slow and, like, highlight everything. Like, you could be editing. And then, you know, you're getting everything done within a class period that you have to be at. Um, and if you take classes that are photography based, that's truthfully like if that's something you're serious about, it allows you to edit in class and you're getting your participation points, you're getting your um, class grade and you're getting work done that, you know, you might be doing for a client or you might be doing for yourself. Um, and finally, the best way to finesse college as a creator is if you have a teacher that is, you know, like a video teacher or a design teacher, ask them questions that may still have to do with the lessons, but word it 
so you can use it in your everyday life. Um, for example, I was in class designing a website, and I started asking questions about web stores and where to sell prints, and you know, like the best host websites and stuff like that. Now, we're not making a web store in school, but I may be making a web store outside of school. So, you know, I got his best answers. I wrote them down. I started looking into them. And now I'm working on developing a website where I can sell prints and all you have to do is click on my portfolio. And it's just like me getting that more professional aspect of photography. Um, So truthfully, if I can recommend some things, it would be to utilize college, utilize the people and the teachers, and especially, I mean this completely, you know, like I'm dead serious about this. If your teacher or if your college has access to a dark room, utilize it. Because if you want to make prints, you know, and especially if you're doing film, like you pay for college anyways. So why buy all the developing stuff and you know, do it in your dorm when you can utilize a dark room and make prints for free and then sell your prints. You know, so it, it just becomes utilizing college and getting the best out of it rather than sitting in your dorm and saying, you know, college is a waste of money. I should just drop out of college and be a full-time freelance photographer. It sounds good when you do it that way, but if you utilize college and you get your money's worth, then it's a win-win. You're getting your degree and you're finessing a university just for the fact that you're gaining more knowledge than the average student by asking those questions and then utilizing them in your everyday life. And I don't know if you think that there's other ways you can utilize uh, your college as a creative, please like swipe up and let me know. Um, And I think I will be doing another mailbag um, just because I'd rather talk about what people want to hear about rather than me just ramble on about things that you might not want to hear about. So I will be doing another mailbag. Please feel free to give me any topics um, that I can give insight on. And if anyone wants to be featured on a podcast, if you're a photographer or if you're a videographer and you have ideas, um, I'm more than welcome to inviting people onto the show um, and just, you know, keep things flowing and keep everything going good. So I just want to thank everyone for listening and uh, stay tuned for the next one.